End to end is back on a Sunday once again, even though we keep saying Saturday all the time in our ending, but we're back on a Sunday. Joe's with me as uh, always, and we're going to talk about some news, some stuff that happened in the past couple weeks, and some bad, some good, and some ugly. So I guess the first one of the week, which was, I don't know, maybe it was surprising, I guess, is the word to use. Uh, goaltender Jordan Bennington signs a six-year, $6 million contract with the Blues. I know you're not the biggest uh, Bennington fan, Joe, but uh, let us know your thoughts on this signing. I mean, the contract is fine because of his age. He's only going to be 28 when it starts, so it'll basically like take him through the rest of his prime. $6 million is not a big deal, but like you said, I'm not a huge fan of him because he hasn't been even... He's been like half of what he was when he first came up when they went on that cup run. So he's basically like regressed and he hasn't been even like since last year, he's regressed overall. So the Blues, they're showing a lot of confidence in him clearly that he's going to be their number one for the foreseeable future. And I mean, he's a solid goalie, but like six million, like Markstrom just got that. And I would say Markstrom's a lot better than Bennington. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with the years just because of his age is like it works out and I think six million's a bit rich if it was five million it would have been I think it would have been like a perfect deal but six is not like it's not going to handicap the team either because they really don't have any other option right. right now or even even this upcoming free agency like there's no one really if they were to let him walk for example so I, they kind of had to do this and I don't mind it but I'm also not a huge fan of it yeah, like you said, it's a rich deal for the goaltender who's not playing well this year, I guess. Like, he's not really doing anything spectacular like he was in his rookie season where obviously he went to the cup final, won the cup. But, yeah, it's it's a lot It's a lot to commit to, I think, for the Blues. Six million at six years for, I'd say, an average goalie in the NHL right now. But Bennington has showed us he can be good. I mean, last regular season he was good. Then COVID hit, he hit the bubble, and... They fell off the rails. Jake Allen was starting. Now your backup, I guess, well, split starter, I guess, for the Montreal Canadiens because he seems to be getting the better numbers in Montreal. But going back to Bennington, yeah, it's just like a rich deal. I don't know, but it's a lot of money. Like you said, Markstrom got the basically the same amount, but we'll see how this Bennington contract looks in a few years. So mm-hmm. he signed six years, six million, and uh, yeah, we'll keep tabs on him for basically the rest of that contract. Let's see if he lives it out. Um, another rich contract that was signed this week was ESPN is finally coming back to the National Hockey League. They agreed on a, I believe, a seven-year deal uh, TV partnership with the NHL. And yeah, is this good? Is this bad? Is this? Can you explain what's happened for the NHL here? So I think it's great for the NHL. So ESPN is the biggest broadcasting company in the United States. And they're obviously owned by Disney, which is big because Disney Plus owns ESPN Plus. So that means you can, uh, in my opinion, this not might be a true fact yet, but maybe you can stream NHL games on ESPN Plus. I know we live here in Canada, so we don't get it. But this no, would be yeah. like huge for the NHL. If they're able to get ESPN Plus, which a lot of people have, like millions and millions of people have Disney Plus, which also have ESPN Plus in the States. So if the, the NHL probably saw this and said, hey, we we might be able to get our like game streamed like legally and we can make money off of this. So that's huge for them. Not even just the actual live broadcast, but just streaming games as well through ESPN Plus, which mm-hmm. I think will happen. And I think... I don't know. I don't remember exactly how much the deal's worth. It might be like two point 
five billion overall, but they're also signing a partnership with NBCSN as well. Like it's not just going to be ESPN. I think it's going to be like a split kind of thing, like how we have up here in Canada with TSN and Sportsnet, mm-hmm. where the 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 games are kind of split. Well, for some teams, anyways, but um. This is a huge deal for the NHL because I think year like yearly once this starts next season they're going to be getting over 400 million per year from ESPN plus I think 200 million from NBCSN I think I'm not 100% sure on that mm-hmm. but that's over 600 million from TV revenues per year for the NHL which is huge for them and obviously the whole COVID situation, the NHL is the league that probably lost the most amount of money overall because they make the least compared to the MLB, NFL, and the NBA. So what this means is that eventually the cap, by the end of the seven years, I'm really hoping this could potentially increase the salary cap of the NHL to potentially $100 million which would be awesome because that would be in line with like the NBA and the NFL, which are both way over a hundred million, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to come to a point where that is actually like true. So I think that's what the NHL is planning to do because obviously their salary cap is staying at a flat cap for the next, I think three years. So yeah, yeah something like that, two to three years, at least for a flat and then it'll start to rise. Yeah, and this is going to help extremely well. And it's also going to help promoting the game. Uh, ESPN has a great job of doing promotions for uh, the NBA and the NFL. But, um, yeah, like, I saw Stephen A. Smith do that list. Like, you know, hopefully they start talking about hockey more because it's a sport where uh, good old Max Kellerman said it's not one of the big four sports. And, yeah, I guess in the States it's really they don't get a lot of love down there for hockey. And hopefully this deal kind of rebrands the hockey game and hopefully it's i guess broadcast down there way more and talked about way more but yeah it's just, it's exciting for the espn one of the biggest like you said sports broadcasting things out there to partner with the nhl finally i think the last time was 2004 so mm-hmm. long time long time a long time reunion for that those two uh, sides so i'm excited to see what that happens i don't know if we're gonna get games up here though from espn like I like i know we get like tsn and that's kind of affiliated with ESPN, but I'm, I'm excited to see if we get actually ESPN games up here. Well, because sometimes we get NBCSN games, like, you mm-hmm. know, games, so I assume they might do it. I have no Maybe idea. on a national level. Yeah, yeah, so maybe they might do it on a national level because they know, like, maybe they'll get more views in Canada as well if they do their games like how NBCSN does it, so I'm not sure because up here, we don't get ESPN at all, really, mm-hmm. unless it's from TSN channel, so not yeah, that's sure. True. Yeah, that's true. But I, I would like to see it. It's it's exciting. So yeah, for sure. Um, I guess something else also exciting. Panarin is coming back to the Rangers lineup. He returned yesterday. I believe he got a one assist yesterday. So yeah, that whole scandal thing was just weird with the Russia and yeah, I don't know. Like I think he was still here in New York the whole time, but yeah, scary stuff. But he's back in the lineup. Hopefully, he returns to um. Panarin form from last year. I mean, he had, what, 90-something points last year? But mm-hmm. he's not going to get 90 points this year, obviously. But he's, he's he's a solid player, and he's back in the lineup. Hopefully they could kind of make a small run. They seem to be playing themselves out a bit, but they just won 4 nothing. Good old uh, Keith Kincaid, your uh, old goalie oh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, he gets a shutout yesterday. So That's so pathetic on the Bruins, my <laughs> Yeah, with all that talent up there, oh, my God. They got shut out by Keith Kincaid. But... Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on the Rangers and Panarin returning, or 
Yeah, so I it's great that he's returning. He's a fantastic player for sure, but like the East is so stacked. Like the Flyers right now, who are not even like bad, are fifth in the division because the Islanders have really taken off, man. We always count this team out. And they're now, I think, either tied for tops in the NHL or like one point behind Tampa or something. Like this is a team that was like started off pretty slow and, you know, they weren't really getting results here and there. But now they're, I think they've won eight straight or six straight or something. They've been on fire. And now they're top in the division with Pittsburgh's also been hot. Washington's been hot without Tom Wilson in the lineup. And then you have, you know, Phillies there. And then I think it's like too late for the Rangers, to be honest. That division is so stacked. And then obviously the Bruins are there. So, yeah, they've been on a run, but Honors Lee just went down with an injury. I think he's going to be yeah. long term. So that's a massive loss for um, the Islanders. But they still got guys like Barzell, Nelson, I guess Bailey's not having the greatest year, but. They have the defensemen, and obviously the goalies. I mean, the goalies are just like well, just, just playing out of their mind. Yeah, yeah. The Varlamov. Russian duo of Varlamov and Sorokin are just unreal. I think Sorokin lost his first NHL game, and I think he's won every game since. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that clearly helps. And then the guy behind the bench, Barry Trotz, we always talk about. He, yeah, like you said, Joe, we don't know what to expect from this team. We always write them out, and then they come out and do this, and we're all surprised. So, yeah, yeah. every time. <laughs> yep, every 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 time. Even in the playoffs when they went to the conference finals last year even as well. So mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I guess we go to the uh no, let's actually go to Eichel. I mean Eichel is labeled out as uh seven to day seven to ten days as out. But reports are saying it's gonna be all season with a ribber injury. I know you said in a group chat yesterday that he was dealing with a ribber injury. I didn't see it anywhere online, but yeah, kind of explain that. So I saw on Twitter that apparently he was dealing with a rib. I don't remember who I saw it from. It wasn't like a random. It was like some, it might've been a Buffalo beat writer that covers the Sabres. I don't remember who exactly, but I think the actual injury that he's out with is a neck injury. So there was a, they showed a clip, I guess someone showed a clip where he kind of got shoved in the back neck area and he was like in discomfort. I think that's what the actual injury is. But even before that, the reason why mm-hmm. he was struggling so mightily this year, like he only had two goals, yeah. is because he had that apparently... Because remember, he missed the start of training camp with a an injury. Yeah, so, so I guess I, that was it. I think that was it. So there was a rib injury, which is bad because you can't really <laughs> shoot when you have an injured rib. So <laughs> it kind of makes sense now. Yeah, in my opinion, there's zero rush for Jack Eichel to return to the lineup for the Sabres. They're not going to make the playoffs unless they go on a fantastic run we've never, ever seen before, but it is not going to happen. The Buffalo Sabres are going to miss the playoffs for, what is this, the 10th, Tenth. 11th year yep. in Tenth a row? Year, I think. That's pathetic, man. Like, their fans, I feel bad for them. They got great fans, but... Unfortunately, their team hasn't been great in years. And even when they made the playoffs back then, they weren't a great team. They were a good team. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We always talk about the Sabres. Like, they got to go in a rebuild. They got to get all these guys out that have been here for years that they tried to build with, and it's just not working. So, we talk about the Sabres enough. We'll move on to another injury. Um, Roman Yossi is out week to week for the National Predators. So, the captain is done uh, for I think four weeks I think they actually labeled it as four weeks but yeah they're done <laughs> is that yeah that's it for Nashville you're just closing the book 
Yep, they're all they were awful with him without him and Ellis for basically the next month. Like that's their top two pair, and then Duchesne's out like a few weeks as well, like three to five. Like this team's not going anywhere. And they kind of almost came back yesterday versus Tampa, which is funny. Yeah, I was getting a bit scared there. <laughs> they were down 4-1 and it was 4-3, but then Tampa finished it off and won like 6-3, I think. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Um, So we talk about the Nashville Predators and Roman Yossi being out, but we also have to talk about what's going to happen very soon, and it's a trade deadline. And we always talk about the players who are on the block for each team, but uh, for Nashville, who do you see, like who do you, you see on the trading block rather than who does Nashville see themselves putting on the trading block? Like, who should they put on the trading block if uh, the trade deadline kind of flows around and everyone's on there? Well, the biggest one right now is Matthias Ekholm because mm-hmm. he's a UFA after this year. He's only making, like, $4 million right now, so he's a very easy contract to trade. And I know a lot of teams will be interested because he's a great top-four defenseman, very solid in his own end. He could skate mm-hmm. well. A team like, you know, the Winnipeg Jets... Would That's a love, perfect team. Yeah, that would love to have a guy like that to solidify their defense because even though they won uh, games this week, uh, most of their games this week, Winnipeg, man, their goalie really carries them hella buck. So we'll get into that soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they had an extra defenseman, like I think they'll be legit because they proved they could compete with the Leafs big time. Yep. So if they add another defenseman there, then I think it they'll be like legit because their top six is like that Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers line is like fast as shit, and they're so good uh-huh. as a second line. So I think they'll be pretty legit if they get another defenseman for sure. Yeah, and then I mean, do you have any other guys who they should be putting on the block? Yeah, so I don't know why they would have Forsberg out there. That's just stupid because that's someone you don't want to trade, but. Maybe mm-hmm. someone like a Colton Sissons could be out there. A Matthias uh, Yanmark, I think. Not Yanmark. What's his name? Yarncrook. Yarncrook. So he could be on there. So some some depth pieces that are not really like key pieces of the Predators. Yeah. Um, um, they, I don't think. Uh, Ellis and Yossi are probably untouchable. Yeah. R- Rene, I would think he's going to retire as a Predator. I mean, I don't know how you would trade the... Johansson and Forsberg. I yeah, mean, that's tough. Johansson contract. He's got four, <laughs> three or four years left after this year at eight million. The guy's two goals in like twenty games. He sucks ass. The team sucks. <laughs> you know what? Uh, no, that should be our thing. I, I think we just found our uh, what you say. He came out with a clip after the game. Did you see it? It was during intermission. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, the, yeah, they asked that. him. Yeah, so we'll we'll get to that soon. We're gonna yeah. use it. That was funny. <laughs> I forgot about that one. But yeah, so he's ass, and uh, his reaction in the clip we'll play is the definition of what the team is right now. Mm-hmm. Just not very good. Um, but yeah, so I would say, like, Ekholm's the big piece, and then Sissons and Yarn Crook are, like, some solid depth pieces that they might trade, but those are the realistic ones I see. How about you? Yeah, no, like, Ekholm is 100% their first guy on the block. Some some team is going to offer a first-round pick, and you better take it. it. If not, It might not. It might be more than a first-round pick. It might be I a first so in too. some stuff. Yeah, so I think so, too. You have to take it and run with it. Um, like Nick Cousins, who they just signed, Eric Haula, some key depth pieces. But also, like, we always, like, 
talk about bad teams and kind of underperforming. They also don't clean house all that often. Like, they don't trade everyone. So, I mean, a few depth guys here and there that we said, like Yaron Crook, Cousins, Sissons, Hala, like, that's enough. But if they get an offer for Forsberg that they can't resist, you got to do it. Like, it's just... But I can't see them moving on with him. But I don't think these guys want to play in a rebuild when they're making so much money, even the GM, David Paul, who should be out by now. I mean, come on now. He <laughs> He's got way old. too much leverage now. So He should have been fired after the bubble because they got yeah, embarrassed yeah. by Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he should have been fired after then. So, yeah, lots of people on the blocks. Even, like, next episode, I think, or next two episodes, we can definitely um, not go through every team, but go through all the bad teams that should be putting guys on the blocks. So that would be a fun idea. But Nashville's sure. definitely one of those teams. Um. Yeah, that's that's it from the national standpoint. There's one team that we're going to talk about to end the news topic, and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we both live in Toronto, obviously, but they've been slumping for the last couple of games. In the last five games, they're one and four, and uh, the North Division seems to be kind of tighter right now. So, do you see anyone catching the Leafs at this point in time, or is the Leafs just just going through a small slump and they can snap out of it? I don't know. Like I, they, I think they'll still win it because they're still six points up. But Winnipeg is two games in hand, and they just took five out of six points from that series, which is like huge because they're right behind them. And then Edmonton, even though they lost last night, they've won. They won like three or four in a row before then as well. So all of a sudden, like with those regulation losses, like teams were able to kind of catch up and to them. But I, like I'm, I'm not gonna overreact and say yeah. I'm not even a Leaf fan, so I'm not going to overreact and say, like, yeah, like, they're done. Because they played great in all the games except for yesterday that they lost. Yep. Except for, yeah, except for last night, they didn't really deserve to win, and they didn't. But the other games, they thoroughly outplayed Winnipeg in the other two games. And then the games versus Vancouver, I thought Demko stole at least one of those games. So it's there's nothing to really panic about the only thing i'd be concerned of if i was you is the matthews wrist injury i know he scored three goals this week but he is not shoot he's not shooting on his forehand like if you look at his no. goals one was a tip one was like a basically a tap in and then one was like an unreal backhander so i think he's kind of more cautious about him ripping it mm-hmm. like he usually mm-hmm. did when he was on fire a few weeks ago Yep. So that's just something to monitor if I was a Leafs fan. So what do you think of their recent slump? Yeah, does it like does it sound cocky that I'm not worried? Like No. I mean, top four makes it, right? Like, yeah, they're gonna make a hundred percent. That's it's just I more don't, like yeah. I, yeah, it's more like winning first. Like you've been in first basically all season, right? And to lose out in that, it's like, oh, here we go, Leafs same Leafs team. Uh, well, I, like top four make it. Anything can happen in the playoffs, right? And it's versus your own division. You versed them what ten, nine times a, a week. Or sorry, a year, yeah. and yeah, like I'm not that worried. Like it's just we've seen it before. Vancouver, they lost what four to Montreal, your team, and they're not back in it, but they're not far apart from everyone else, right? So Calgary was going on that skid. They're slowly back in it. Montreal went on a skid. They're still in it. So every team has had their skids this year, but. Yeah, with the Leafs, like, I'm not too worried. I mean, they have a week off after tonight, whereas they versus the Ottawa Senators. They have a week off. And that wrist injury for Matthews, I guess he could rest all he wants. But I don't know if it's ever going to return to 100%. That's, that's a bit that's a bit worrisome. But 
get all the rest you can this week and rest up that wrist because you're going to need to come playoff time because if he's can't he's not scoring then that's an issue but um talk about the Leafs they have a week off here and people have seemed to deem that week as trade for a blank and I don't know what blank is do you think it's more top six forward or do you think it's more top six defenseman it's tough now because they because now like like this recent slump does that change Dubis's mindset does he think he needs an, a winger or does he see them losing these games and letting in like three to four goals a game and mm-hmm. they needs to get a defenseman so I think this past like week and a bit really kind of showed what he actually needs because going into that week it's like oh yeah they would love you know another winger <laughs> right because their defense has been fine but now the defense like justin hall and muzzin hall all is not been as good as he was right a few weeks ago dermot and bogosian have been like torn apart recently in recent games and they just traded miko letnin away so now they don't really have depth at the position if someone were to go down so I think they're going to get a top six defenseman because Wayne Simmons is coming back soon, so that will help the forward group a little bit because mm-hmm. he was very good when he was playing. So I'm not sure now because I think, I think this past week they might need another defenseman just in case because they just traded. They're basically a seventh D. I know they have Sandine, Lilgren, but Sandine's hurt. Mm-hmm. Lilgren is right now not ready <laughs> still. He's been in the organization for four years. <laughs> so think about that what you will but i think they'll add a top 60 i don't know who maybe yeah. an ekholm i don't see it because yeah i, because I don't muzzin's, see that either yeah muzzin's kind of like that already that three four guy it might be a depth guy so i'm not sure yeah like i'm not willing also to give a first and a prospect for ekholm for yeah. what a playoff run i mean and that's not even guaranteed to win but I think what this past week showed us is that the Winnipeg Jets may be the toughest competition the Leafs first because yeah, for sure. the Leafs always run into a solid goaltender. And if Hellebuck is like the word solid in the playoffs, you're screwed if you can't beat him because you also have a good top six forward group like the Winnipeg Jets. So it's a very, it's a very even matchup to see in the playoffs if we get it. But yeah, I don't know. I think they... They need a top six winger. Like, it doesn't ma- matter what the quality is. But like you said, Simmons is coming back. So maybe they retool at the lines. But I don't know. We'll we'll, get, we'll talk about it closer as we're to the trade deadline. But I think that's it on the Leafs and the news that we have today. So we'll get right into the awards, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the hard hat award we're going to start with. Uh, we can start with you, Joe. So awarded the best player in the NHL the past week of play. And who is that player for you? is actually awarded to the best player in the NHL (laughs) in Connor McDavid. So in the past four weeks, I'm four weeks, four games since we last recorded, he's played four games, two goals, seven assists, nine points, no big deal over two points per game, (laughs) four power play assists during that span. And right now he currently has 51 points in 29 games. Do you see him hitting a hundred points? He would need 49 points in the next 27 games. Like we said before, I'd love it. Like, I would just, too. Just imagine hitting 100 points in a 56-game season. I'd love that. But unfortunately, I don't. Like, he'll get close. Like He'll, yeah, get, he'll get high close. 90s, yeah. but that is tough to do. <laughs> Especially when he actually went on like one of the biggest slumps, I guess, if you want to call it three games without a point this year. Maybe it happens again, but I don't know. But yeah, he's been stellar this year. Yeah. Um, another guy who's been stellar, I'm going to pick him from the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Andre Palat, he's been in the news uh, recently because he's been playing so good this year. I mean, you want to talk about guys stepping up in Kucherov's replacement. This guy has stepped up immensely for Tampa. Uh, four games played last week, two goals, four assists, eight points in four games. So, unreal job there, plus three. And then on the power play, he's been uh, one of the best players in the league right now. One power play goal, four power play assists the last week of play. So, yeah, I mean... Points not having the greatest year in terms of Braden point years. And Palat is definitely helping out that Lightning team with Kucherov out. So, I mean, the Lightning are just one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league season after season. And adding guys like this to your lineup and just, like, you don't expect Andre Palat to do being this good, and he is. But, yeah, Braden, uh, Braden Point and Andre Palat have kind of conjured a uh, chemistry for the Lightning when Kucherov has been out. So, McDavid Palat is our hard hat winners this week we can get into the golden plunger so flush the toilet and yeah if you are listening once again week after week this is awards the biggest underperformer of the week team or player i have a player you have a team i'll talk about the player first because i think the team deserves a lot more spotlight so i'm going to talk about anton kudobin he's my winner of the golden plunger and he has two wins in two months. I looked at this and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I think Jake Ottinger has more wins in that time. So Easily. That, that's not good, especially how he signed, I believe, a three-year deal worth almost $4 million, I want to say. Yeah, three-something. That's not great right now. And, like, they had to sign him. Because imagine if they don't and that bubble performance where they got to the final, he's just gone. They had to sign this deal. It's not an egregious deal, but... Two wins in two months. Oh, man. And then he has an 871 in the mar- month of March. His goals against average is pretty good. I think it's like a 287. But, yeah, he's need to, he's need to, he needs to step up because Ben Bishop is not going to be there. I don't, I don't think he's going to be there at all this year, which mm-hmm. is concerning as well. But Kudobin's going to have to get back to that bubble form if the Dallas Stars want to climb in the standings because the only thing going for them right now is the games in hand they have. And they're not really taking advantage no. of that games in hand no. at all. So... That's worrisome. So Anton Kudobin needs to step up for the Talis Stars. Yeah, I think it's safe to say for me anyways, like that run was an absolute fluke. It looks like it, yeah. It looks like it right now, yeah. Like not even close. Like this team, like we've, I think we've said it before, they started off 5-0. and They have like <laughs> literally three wins since that 5-0 and start. And they yeah. played like almost 20 games, like or 18 or 19 games. Like what? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pathetic. So I think, like, I'm just convinced, like, that run was just a complete and utter fluke. Like, okay, I know Tyler Sagan hasn't been there and Ben Bishop, but Ben Bishop wasn't in the bubble last year. Right, you're right. Yeah. When they went on that run. Sagan's a blow, I will say that, but I don't think he's going to make up, like, five to six wins to what yeah. they had right now. Like, they're just, like, Heiskanen's taking a step back. Like, even, like, Gurianov took a bit of a step back. Like, a lot of their guys who kind Horribly. of went off. Like, a lot of guys who went off in the bubble, like Heiskanen, the guy was getting, like, Con Smythe consideration if they were to win it, even with Hudobin and stuff like that. So, those guys are taking a step back. I'm, Pavelski's been unreal. We've mentioned that already. Klinberg's been great for them. Ben is not even close to the same player he was a few years ago. Um, yes, yeah, just Dallas looks like a fluke right now that they made the finals, which sucks because, like, their market would love it if they were to win if they were to win that win that cup because they love their sports teams but right unfortunately it looks like a fluke right now <laughs> <laughs> um so right so my golden plunger 
like you said earlier, is a team, and that's the New Jersey Devils. And I know we don't like to harp continuously on the bad teams, but since the COVID shutdown that they had, they had six wins. Since then, they have two, and they came back like over a month ago, I think. They have two wins or something like that, around two wins in the last month and a bit, which is putrid. And worse, in my opinion, is that Jack Hughes has been like non-existent during since they've come back. He started off the season really strong with the Devils. They started off relatively well. Mackenzie Blackwood was strong. You know, they were getting some contributions from Ty Smith. All those guys have like just disappeared now. Like ever since that COVID shutdown, whatever happened, they have not been the same team. And they have some UFAs on their team, Travis Zajac and Cal Palmieri. I think Zajac will retire after this year, most likely, because I think he just hit 1,000 games. Palmieri, I th- they should trade him, even though he doesn't have much value right now. But I- I'm sure a team will throw a pick their way for a guy that... And they could resign him again in the offseason. But, like, the Devils, like, they look decent to start the year. Jack Hughes was solid. I know Nico Heischer hasn't played 95% of the year. He's been injured, but they just can't win. A, they, like they're in games, but they just they can't get it done. So I know they're rebuilding and stuff, but I thought they would kind of be a little bit better than what they were when they started yeah. the year. Like they kind of just fell off a cliff. That's the only reason why they're kind of here. But they were kind of expected to be bad, so I'm not really gonna yeah. kill them too much here. But yeah, he uses three points in the last ten games. Yeah, I mean, that's not good. Like, I like Jack Hughes. He's so skilled and great. But, yeah, that's not acceptable at this point in the year. But, like you said, they're they're not a good team. I think they have a good roster, but not necessarily a good team. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like their defense. But Mackenzie Blackwood um, hasn't been great since, like you said, the post-moment of the games. But, you know, I like to see New Jersey be a dominant team in the future. I think they have some good pieces there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully they're good. They haven't been good since the post-moment. But... That's pretty much it on the Golden Plunger. Uh, we could go to what you say. So, Jason, just remind everyone what we're playing again. What you say. And, yeah, so if you're listening to a full episode, we kind of just realized that there was actually a What You Say this week. And, uh, Joe, let's tell us what it is. So, the Nashville Predators, who we've harped on quite a bit during this season, they were down 5 nothing, I think, or 4 nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes during the week. And, uh... I guess the Nash- it was on the Nashville broadcast. So they had Ryan Johansson in for the second intermission when they were down 4 or 5 nothing, <laughs> And they basically asked them like how to get back in the game. And his expression was like he did not want to be there. He basically said, he kind of like rolled his eyes. And he's like, ugh. We'll see what he said here. Do you feel like there's been a little bit of bad luck, maybe a few bad bounces that have allowed them to get on the board? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh yeah, it's just frustrating. We want to go out there and get back in this game. What's the mindset now heading into the third? Go score five goals. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I totally agree what uh, Ryan Johansson said. But as you said, Joe, he's making $8 million a season. I don't think his play is good enough either. And I think he knows that, obviously. But man, the frustration down there. Like To think where they were two years ago in the second round versus Winnipeg, easily could have got to the uh, conference finals versus Vegas because they went to game seven versus Winnipeg and just, uh, just like collapsed. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that clip? I know we just talked for Nashville for a while, though. Oh, uh, man, like, 
I don't blame him, but it's also like he's part of the problem too. Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't feel that bad for him. The guy's making eight million to do like nothing. <laughs> and like I just don't know what happened. Like He was good. He was good. Even his first few years in Nashville, he was solid. Like a very good playmaker. They went to the cup finals. He was solid during that run. Like I just don't know what happened to this team. I really don't. Yeah, that's the question we're all asking, so that was our What You Say of the Week. That was our Golden Plunger and the Hard Hat Award segment. We will now move into the Battle of the Buds. So, the last week you went 2-1, and one, and I went 3-0, and oh, so I kind of redeemed myself of over the 1-2 and two week I had last week. So, I have an overall record of 19-7, and seven, and you have an overall record of 15-11. and 11. So, we'll get to your games first for the Battle of the Buds. Yeah, I kind of took a step back, and that clean sweep really kind of screwed me. I'm now four games back, which is going to be really tough to overcome, to overcome because we're like halfway through the season now. But we'll see what happens this week. So my first game that I have, Sharks visiting the Golden Knights tomorrow, March 15th. I have the Golden Knights winning at home. And the Flyers visit the Islanders on March 18th, the Red Hot Islanders. So I have them winning at home. And then the Bruins visit the lowly Buffalo Sabres also on March 18th. So I have them winning on the road in Buffalo with no Jack Eichel. Yeah, that's going to play a major factor in our Battle of the Buds in the recent weeks. Um, (laughs) With me, I have the Flyers beating the Rangers on March 15th. Like, I guess my explanation of this is the Flyers have to wake up eventually. And I know the Rangers are coming in on a high on a Keith Kincaid shutout, but... Let's say they play them again, the Rangers. The Flyers have to go in there and beat them. Like, they can't keep losing. And, you know, players are having good years for them, but they still have to get going. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take the Flyers in that one. And then on March 16th, I'm taking the Avs, who are home to the Ducks. I just think the Avs, they also, like, get 40 shots a game. And, like, if they run into Gibson of all goalies and he plays good again, I think this team is just unlucky at this point. But yeah. I'll take the Avs because I still think they could win that game at least. It's not how much they win the game, but they can win. And then March 19th, I'm going to take the Maple Leafs over the Flames in this one. I um, The Leafs are on a week-long, basically, no play, and this on a Friday night. And the Flames are basically playing all week, and they have two games. There's Edmonton, I believe, so they might be tired going into this one. The Leafs might be rested, so I'm going to take the Leafs in that one. Cool. Yeah, it's like just a bunch of streaks in it. Like I hate, man, when you pick a game and then the next game they first the exact same team and then that team wins and then yep. the first time you picked them they lost. That's what happened to me <laughs> <laughs> last week. I, the Coyotes beat the Avalanche. I had them winning and then they shelled them with like fifty shots to like ten and one, like one nothing or something. Yeah, that's what happens this year. But do you have a spicy meatball because that's our next segment? I do, and this one is a pretty good one, and it has something to do with we kind of talked about, and that is the Philadelphia Flyers, and I'm going to say that they will miss the playoffs in the East Division. So you have, right now, they're currently (laughs) sitting out of a playoff spot, and they have the Islanders who are ahead of them, the Bruins, the Capitals, and the Penguins are all in the top four. The Islanders, I mean, the Flyers are fifth. And just given the state of that division, again, the Islanders, Bruins, Capitals, mm-hmm. and Penguins, do you see the Flyers missing the playoffs after such high expectations of them going to this season? Gosh, that is a that is a spicy one because it kind of looks happen. like it right now. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, 
I'm going to say no. I think they will make the playoffs. So I guess Flyers almost playoffs. No. Yeah. So the answer is no. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. say no because just look at their team and it's just solid from front to center, left to right, front to back. I mean, they cannot be doing this as the team they have, the coach they have after the season they had last year where I believe they went into the like the break and postponement like nine and oh nine and one or something like that or, yeah and carter hart's too good of a goalie he's having a rough year this year i mean wow he's <laughs> i had bad. him winning the vesna at the start of the year and just look <laughs> where he is brian elliott has more of a chance of winning the vesna than carter Hart. that's how bad he's been so yeah um i'll say yeah because like we said, we've been, we've seen streaks all through the years. Uh, this year, especially with all teams, they go on skids. But usually, a skid doesn't mean they're out of it, and they can get in back into a groove with just one win at that best. So, hopefully, it's versus that Rangers versus that Battle of the Buds. But I think they're too good of a team to miss the playoffs. And I can I can see honestly, like I know Pittsburghs are kind of versing bad teams. I could see them skidding out. But yeah, I don't know. Washington's not playing the greatest hockey either, but. Yeah, I can see the Flyers making it, so I'm going to say no for that one, but that could be spicy. Yeah, that one could realistically happen because, like, again, like, those teams are all good. Like, yes. The Flyers are supposed to be, like, top two in the division going in, like, them in Boston. Oh, I had them one. Yeah, yeah. I had, I think I had them two. Like, I had them top two for sure. So, I mean, again, like you said, they're having good seasons from their players it's just like their goaltending's really kind of screwing them right now like Hart even Elliot like you can't rely on Elliot at this stage of his career to kind of like yeah shoulder the load right now and they might honestly be in the market for Matias Ekholm too that's kind of an underrated uh pickup they could have because I know they kind of wanted to upgrade their D because of the Niskanen retirement that happened <laughs> and they didn't and they didn't replace him with anyone so maybe they'll be in the market for Ekholm as well yeah, we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of defensemen on their on the roster, yeah. but yeah, they need to uh, get going. It's a theme this year, man. Like all the good teams, they go on a losing streak, and we're like, man, like what's going on with them? So yeah, I think the Flyers are in good hands, I guess, with Vigneault. So we'll see what happens, but I can see them make the playoffs. Um, yeah, that was Joe Spicy Meatball. We do it every week, or sometimes every week, and it's the hottest of hot takes. It either comes from the oven, it either comes from the frozen frozen freezer of his basement so thanks again joe for the hot take um yeah i think that's it for this episode if you have anything else to say last words for the episode so i'll have my power rankings coming out probably tomorrow i just finished it so that should be out in the next 24 hours or so so check that out i'm also doing uh mlb content as well the 30 for 30 so 30 teams in 30 days i have the blue jays out already as well as the milwaukee brewers so kind of just an outlook on their seat going into the 2021 season which will be a full season unlike last year so expectations will change for these teams so go check out those articles i have a few more in the pipeline as well all right, and then my last words, uh, just keep listening to the pod. Keep looking at our content on our Instagram site at The Breakdown Sports and our Twitter at the uh, at the underscore breakdown. So, or it's Duh Breakdown. I don't know why I think we changed it anyways. But I think it's the, yeah, the I think we just, I'm going to be making content, obviously, Fantasy Players of the Week every Monday. But also, I kind of want to get into some trade deadline uh, articles as we head into it. Maybe Players on the Block, as we said. Maybe we go through another episode and do something about it, but... 
for right now, yeah, just keep our tabs on the Breakdown Sports. Keep tabs on basically every Sunday. I think we got to change the ending. It's going to be Sunday now, I guess. So, um, yeah, end to end, we'll be back. Next Sunday. Join us then. Woo!